Hello, I'm John Hartkin, ABI's Public Affairs Officer, and I'd like to welcome you to ABI's new podcast series titled Party in Interest. In the legal sense, a party in interest is someone who has standing to be heard by the court in a matter to be decided in a bankruptcy proceeding. In the case of this series, party in interest highlights extraordinary members of our community for their contributions to key bankruptcy developments, initiatives to push the practice forward, and or passion for a cause or activity outside the office. Hosting the discussion on today's podcast is ABI Executive Director Amy Quackenbaugh. The party in interest that Amy will be speaking with today is Ian Williams, a namesake partner at Williams Consulting International in London. Ian has more than 30 years of experience in restructuring and insolvency matters with an international focus. In addition to his practice in the United Kingdom, he is admitted to various U.S. courts pro hack VJ in international fraud cases. Ian is the program chair of ABI's International Insolvency and Restructuring Symposium that will be taking place November 2nd through the 3rd in Lisbon, Portugal. Ian is also formerly ABI Vice President International. So, without further ado, let me turn the podcast over to Amy so that you can enjoy Ian's story from the distinguished man himself. Thanks so much, John. And I also want to point out that this is a live taping of this podcast, so we do have some guests with us. If you have a question for Ian, I will be happy to ask him if you want to put it in the chat. I'll try to get to as many questions as possible. If you want to participate in our live um, podcast, just if you can just keep yourself muted uh, during the podcast. So, Ian, it's good to see you. You too, Amy. I'm not sure, in terms of the questions, I'm not sure as a matter of international law, the Fifth Amendment applies, but I might invoke right. if necessary. <laughs> I'll protect you, Ian. I'll protect thank I you. Thank you. That's it. But, well, thanks for joining me tonight. And um, can you, you look like you're traveling. What great adventure are you off to right now? Well, I'm, um, I'm in the Hilton Hotel in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Um, this hotel is famous because it's the, 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 the hotel that Bill Clinton stayed in many, many years ago when he first came over to try and assist us with the, with the troubles. Um, there is a massive uh, economic forum on actually at the minute uh, in, in, in Belfast. So I, I'm usually much higher up the, uh, up, up the building in the, in the nicer rooms. I'm actually stayed in the, in, the, um, in the suite that the president stayed in when I actually had my, when I had my bodyguards here. Um, I'm, I'm actually working for a fund and um, we have some investments in holiday and uh, caravan parks over here and uh, some of the the people that were once active uh, in certain activities, probably known as terrorism, have now retired onto our caravan parks. So the threat awareness was a little bit um, interesting, particularly as the parks are are distressed, and I'm trying to work them out. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm wandering around the beautiful Irish countryside, looking at my caravan parks and trying to work out ways to make them be able to pay back the monies they owe. So uh, no no rest for the wicked. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you could join us. I know it's late there. Um, and I just have a few questions to ask you uh, while I have you here. Sure. So when I talk to uh, my guests, I always like to ask uh, how they got involved in insolvency because we all have different stories to tell. So I know um, you studied at Nottingham Trent University, uh, but from there, how did you get involved in the insolvency profession? 
it, it, it was in, interesting, interesting really, because first of all, I never wanted to be a lawyer. Um, it's just that every time I, I count my fingers, I either get nine or 11. So I was never going to be an accountant. Um, and um, I could, I was very heavily involved in, uh, in politics. Um, and I, were, you know, I wanted to be one of two things. I wanted to be a conservative MP because it was the era of Margaret Thatcher and those beautiful Reagan Thatcher years that we had. And, um, or I wanted to be an opera singer. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have enough money to stay in politics, and I wasn't good enough to be an opera singer. I could knock out a tune, but uh, you know, you soon become aware of, of of how far down the league you are when you hear the people who can really sing. Not that it doesn't give me a lot of pleasure, nonetheless. Um, so I itted and bitted around, and I got a training contract at a small firm in uh, Nottingham. Um, and uh, at, uh, shortly after I joined, it merged with another firm, and a chap turned up. Um, who did a lot of corporate company law insolvency and restructuring. And he seemed to have quite a glamorous life of things. He was always going down to London and doing interesting cases. And he was quite a patrician. I, I was just a kid off the wreck from Wales. You know, I came from Mid Wales. Mid Wales is a kind of place that you might call banjo country, you know, where it's like the loo, do, 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 do. There's just mountains and sheep. Um, so I was never going back to, 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 to Mid Wales. Um, but he was, he went to Oxford and, he always used to, he used to mock me saying, well, Williams went to a state school. And, uh, you know, so he was quite posh. And I was quite a practical lawyer, whereas he was quite academic and he spoke German and that kind of thing. So basically I got into insolvency restructuring in the, in the, pre, in the provinces. And in 2000, um, we merged with a Welsh uh, firm, which was wonderful really, because the Welsh didn't like me because I'd left Wales and the English didn't like me because I'm Welsh. <laughs> That was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. But we then, because of his connections, he'd, he'd also studied old Icelandic at Heidelberg, the boss had, and he got some German contacts. And he got German contacts, and therefore when the German cases, he would do all the German and European work. And if there were American aspects or anything in the English-speaking jurisdiction, because I can't speak many languages, well, I can't speak any languages. I mean, I can speak English and swearing, basically. Um, I used to do the American stuff. And um, we had one case, which was a Ponzi scheme, uh, that went through a bent law firm in in uh, in London that, uh, and ended up in a in a in a, in a firm in Houston in a, in an oil company in Houston Texas, and um, uh, that was my first experience of America from a legal perspective. And I used Baker and Botts, which was kind of deliberate because I had a lot of time for James Baker, the Secretary of State, uh, which was his law firm. So we ended up doing depositions in Houston, uh, and we didn't really have any idea how to do depositions. Um, and you know, every time, every time that the, the chap said, asked and answered, I said, oh, "Do be quiet," um, which apparently you're not supposed to do. But um, you know, so anyway, we we harassed this poor chap all week because we had no idea what we were doing. Even though the chap from Baker, the Baker the chap from Baker and Botts couldn't stop laughing at us because um, I took a barrister with me, who's Lady Antonia and Harold Pitt. Lady Antonia Fraser, the author, authoress, is uh, uh, his that's his mum and his stepfather was Harold Pinter, the playwright. And he was terribly posh. So I said to him, Orlando, you batter this bloke for, for as, as long as you can, really lay into him. And then I'll just do the, the I'll just lay up my chair and do the gibbet. You just kind of shake your arms like that and just eyeball it. And I eyeballed him all week and Orlando battered him. And this, Orlando's a great guy. You go into a bar in Houston and he orders a banana daiquiri. And you know, we nearly got shot. You know, it's ridiculous. He came, he got off the plane in, in, in Houston with a, with a three piece suit on, with a double breasted, uh, a double-breasted waistcoat, and, and his papers were tied together in, in, in a typical pink string. And I said, you are really going to get me killed. Uh, so long story short, I, I 
we batted half 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 the money out of this guy. We got half a million bucks out of it, which was which was good. So that was my kind of first experience. And I got the bug that I realized that international insolvency was so much more fun than, you know, doing the reconstruction of a fish and chip shop in London, you know? Uh, so then I thought, actually, and it was also a hell of a lot more productive, financially productive, because we could charge London rates from the provinces. And and it really floated my boat and really uh, uh, got me got me going. Uh, and that's pretty much um, where I where I stayed. Uh, and then I moved to London. I went to work for Brian Cave for a couple of years. Then I went back into an English law firm. Then I was going to come back up to the Midlands because my wife thought I'd left her. <laughs> uh, and the children were, were, were older then. Um, and um, but then I got hired by RSM, so I'd spent basically five years with them, and then they changed focus, and I'd kept my kind of clients anyway whilst I worked for the accountancy firm, and then I just started Williams Consulting, and that, and then the rest, as they say, is history. That's a great story, Ian. It's probably the best I've heard so far. That's fantastic. Most of it's true. Most of it's true. <laughs> the James Baker bit's definitely true because when he came to London, it was hilarious to open Baker and Boxes. He had, he opened it at the National Liberal Club. The one thing James Baker wasn't was liberal, um, but it was still funny. And I remember asking him about Ronald Reagan because we were very fond of Ronald Reagan because we used to have pictures of him as Rhett Butler cradling Margaret Thatcher in, in his arms. You know, we were we were full on proper Republicans. I was a Republican abroad. I was going to be a Conservative MP. Oh, you know, there we are. That didn't happen. I suppose the nation should be grateful, although I would have been better than Boris Johnson under any circumstances. Although the bar's not that high, right? Well... The ABI was very lucky because you focused your natural leadership abilities mm. into the ABI. I mean, you were ABI's VP of International for several years. You've led this conference. Uh, I heard you joke the other day that you're really the grandfather of the International Insolvency Symposium, but it's been going on for 20 years now. So, um, you know, what what did you like about the ABI and why did you stay involved and what what did you get out of that as for being a leader in ABI? Well, it's a straight, that's a funny little story as well. So, must have been late 90s, the British Insolvency Organization had a conference in the Channel Islands in Jersey. Now, Jersey is the kind of place you go to die. It's, 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 it's really is not a conference venue. There's, there's really nothing much there. Uh, you know, there's nothing particularly exciting for me anyway. You know, it's very pretty. There's, it's, it's like a tax haven anyway. And I, I, I was up late one night and there was nothing doing. And I bumped into this chap, Shapiro. Keith Shapiro. And I thought, what well, yeah, what are you doing here? What are you doing up this time of night? We tried to find something to do, something in my eyes. I you know, I was in those days I would look any any kind of dive or bar would be good enough for me at that time. And we didn't end up finding anywhere. So Shapiro kind of was just one of these massively magnetic people. And I immediately thought, wow, this guy's depressive. And I and I sat with him and we talked and we talked and we talked and he told me about ABI and he Said he was going to be president, and I, of course, I've got no idea at that stage. This is the late nineties, uh, before we even merged into uh, into Geldarts at, at the time, and so we we got on well. And um, uh, I I can't remember when I went to Chicago, but I either went before I went to Palm Springs or I went after. And he invited me to Chicago, which is where he lived. And he put me in the Standard Club, uh, and it was the Super Bowl. Um, and that's and that that was before. I'd met Mark Williams, who taught me all about American football, because I had no bloody idea what was going on. Um, and then Keith paid for these really expensive tickets to see the Bulls. Now, again, I had no idea about basketball. I had no, I'd watched the, the, the Harlem Globetrotters uh, cartoon as a child, but I had no idea that basketball was a contact sport. 
And we're in this bloody auditorium in, in sometime in downtown Chicago, which is actually quite a dangerous place, apparently. And they're playing Utah Jazz. And then there's this, I didn't realize quite how large these blokes are. And there was a bloke called Mailman Malone, who was like the side of a house. You know, he was not only tall, he must have been 20 stone or something. And there was, of course, Michael Jordan was there, but I didn't really know anything about Michael Jordan. And people like were saying, you, you saw Michael Jordan? I said, yeah, yeah. I was more interested in the beer that comes down, you know, <laughs> where they carry these tubs of beer around. And I don't think Keith, Keith was very impressed by my, I wasn't really as wowed as he expected me to be. But I did buy my infant son a Bulls costume to kind of make amends. But I, see, I don't really do live sport. But it was beautiful, and he, and he he really looked after me. And then I went to Palm Springs, and Keith couldn't come. Um, so that's when I bumped into the Alabama boys, because um, uh, uh, I, I had no idea. There were 600 people and me, and there was no one else. Let me interrupt you. You went to the, you went to the Winter Leadership Conference. 90, in 90, 99. That was my yeah. first conference. We did. And there were 600 people and me, and I thought, wow. And, and there, was, there was no other Brits there. And I thought, this is amazing. And this is an like, amazing marketing opportunity. That's just like unique. You cannot, for what I paid for this, it's a long way for me to go to Palm Springs. And it was just amazing. It was just, it was a great weekend. And, and um, uh, you know, I met a lot of, I met a lot of people. I was probably quite ungainly at that point because I wasn't really sure, you know, what to do. I didn't understand much about anything at that point. And it was, you know, it was, it was, it was what it was. But um, I realized then, of course, I got roped in then. And it was never my intention, you see, Amy. It was never my intention to get involved in ABI at all. I just thought, what I'll do is I'll go buy loads of Americans drinks and they'll send me work. Top idea. No responsibility. Nothing. Anyway, so I went to international committee and I just kind of went in and it, it, was, it was all right. And I walked out again and then they, they said, well, we'll see you in the spring. And I said, oh, okay, fair enough. So I went to the spring because it was Keith. I think that was the year that Keith became uh, president. Now, I, I, I think I'm, I'm doing well because I think I've met every president of ABI going back to Robin Beale. Because um, El, El Asser, El Sasser, well, he, was, he was the president in, in Palm Springs, and I think Keith took over. But I've met every president, uh, I think, you know, from, from, from Robin to Deborah before then because they were still around at the time. Um, so I, I, I'm, I feel like, you know, being in the presence of greatness, all the wonderful people who've been president. But Keith was absolutely awesome. His energy, his positivity, um, is he has he he worked like a dog that man. I never I never seen anybody work like a dog. I I, I think he probably started off he was six foot two, but he worked so hard he wore his legs down. You know he just worked <laughs> like a dog. I've never seen anybody work like him. And he was so I so I learned such a lot just buying in around with him. And um, he's he became my kind of raison d'être uh, in ABI terms. Uh, you know, and I've met brilliant people all the way through. I I, I kind of. B, I could, I could probably go around the United States, never stay in a hotel, never buy a drink and never buy a meal for six months. The number of people that have said, come here, come there, you know, people said to me when I went to Alabama, what the hell are you going to Alabama for? And I said, because I've been invited. And um, I actually took a real shine to Alabama. And I, I got into the American football down there with Mark, who just does endless sport. I mean, it's just, you know, anything, baseball, basketball. Uh, you know this kind of stuff, and uh, obviously football because with the roll tide and the the uh, the college team, um, and um, you know so I kind of get football now, and I have had so many so many brilliant times with with ABI members. I'm you know and and, and not just members, but the staff are just just we had a night out in wherever it was last time. Didn't we? I, I hate Thai food, yeah. but I went anyway because you were there, and I think I bought two bottles of champagne or something just to 
numb the pain of the Thai food. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I just think it's brilliant. So I've, you know, I've, I've literally made so many friends. I've done so much work that I would never otherwise have got. And I've given work out. You know, I, I managed to give Keith's firm when he was working some, some reasonably good stuff, and they gave me some reasonably good stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, we built up a really good international brand, and it's seen me, it's seen me through, and I still get queries from the U.S. now. And it's been a real journey. I have to say, I, I, I know you, you kind of, I feel like I'm giving a, you know, I've got an Oscar and I'm giving a, a speech. I want to thank my father, my mother. But, you know, you know, Keith was inspirational and, and, and he still is. Um, and, 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 and that was, you know, with, with that, if I hadn't gone to that conference, I never would have met him. And I never, this, this probably never would have happened. But, but it's such a big organization, such a broad church. It's like America's like 51 different countries and, there's all these different people with different views from all over the place, held together by American football, the dollar, and the national anthem. And I love it. Yes. Well, Ian, we we are so appreciative of all your hard work, and we we are so grateful that you uh, you've been a leader of ABI. Uh, we have a few minutes left, so I want you to tell me a little bit about you know the the Lisbon program uh, is our international insolvency program this year um, in November. Um, the yeah. program's up online, so people, you know, people can look at it. But what are you looking forward to most about that program? Well, you know what? It's it's um, Lisbon's a great place. Um, I I find I find holidays quite difficult, and we've always chosen purely business um, locations. But Lisbon is the the first one that really has you could actually tie a, a vacation on onto it. There's a hell of a lot of Americans in in Portugal as well, and it's it's actually. Um, a very, a very uh, economical place to live. I mean, I made the right fool of myself uh, last time I went there because I took the current Mrs. Williams with me. And when the current Mrs. Williams go, comes, we, we always go business class and we have to pick picked up at the airport and you can't stay in a rubbish room like this. Uh, and I said, well, look, we're going down to Vasco, who's my my, my, my partner in the in, in this conference. We're going down to his villa, the Algarve. So I went and he'd always said, and if you remember the little video I did, he, he, he'd, be, he'd been told by an American bankruptcy judge you'd get a good bottle of wine for three dollars in Lisbon, and and I never, but I don't believe that. So I thought I'll go and get him some wine. I'll go and get him some cigars. I'll get some chocolates for Rita. So we're at this arcade, and I couldn't find any wine over nine bucks. And I thought nine euros. And I thought we must be joking. It can't be. So I actually bought him a bottle of uh, wine for fifty-five euros. And I bought him. I bought him. I bought five Cohiba cigars for three hundred euros, and I bought some expensive uh, chocolate for hundred euros. So I went back to I went down to his his his, bill, his his flat, which is just down from the hotel, and I gave him this wine. He said, "How much was this?" He says, "I said fifty five euros." Said, you bloody fool! You bloody fool! I told you you'd get nice wine for three three euros. I said, "I know, but I didn't believe you." He said, "Well, you're a fool, aren't you? You're a fool." And uh, he, he still drank it. Uh, and, and then then he said, "He said here's some cohibas." He said, "How much you pay for them?" I said, two hundred eighty five euros." He says, "You're a fool! You're a fool! You can get good cigars for ten euros." He still smoked them, and I gave Rita the chocolates, and she said, "Thank you." So I, so, you know, so that's. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again because it really. I was, I, you know, I was, I was ill last year and I missed London. And um, you know, I, I, I had that, I, that program and that venue, and the people we had last year were. It was going to be great, and I was sat at home feeling miserable and feeling, you know, rubbish. Uh, and and I was, uh, you know, I, I'm really pleased that it that it that it went. It just shows that no one is indispensable. But I was. I was planning to do an after-dinner speech at the first only all-conference dinner last year, and I was annoyed I couldn't do that. So I'll probably do that in Lisbon if if uh, if uh, the powers of be that let me. But uh, yeah, come. It's because it's a great place. The hotels are reason. The hotel's great. It's reasonable. Uh, we've got a great program. 
You've got some great people. There'll be great food, great wine. You're an hour or hour or so to uh, hour or so from the from the Algarve by car, um, and it's still be it'll still be relatively uh, you know clement down there, nice and not nice and warm. It won't be stalking hot. Um, and we, you can mix a bit of business with pleasure, and um, we're hoping to get a good show. So, you know, come over there. It's 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 safe. There's a lot of Americans there. There's direct flights to Lisbon, so so do come and do come and have a look. Well, I will be there, Ian. So I, you know, I uh, last year in London, I was in charge of doing the opening remarks, and uh, I had big shoes to fill because you weren't there, of it- course. And Al Togut said I failed miserably. So I look forward to. Al Togut would say that. Um, uh, who was that famous? Who was that comedian that used to take the Mickey out of Frank Sinatra? He'd probably say he was a rubbish comedian, but that's just out for you. I mean, you should have made him do it then. I know, I know. But I understood you did a wonderful job, and I'm very grateful for all the Thanks. lovely things people said about me and, and all the good wishes I got last year, which was nice. So, well, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. And I look, I will see, I'll see you in a, a couple months. But thanks for being my party and in interest today. I've enjoyed our conversation. I always love hearing from you. I'm so pleased. I, I can't believe all these people have rocked up. I mean, the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me, the witty and colorful Ian Williams. I look, I might get a T-shirt with that on, you know. As, <laughs> as I said, you would, it's better than being, you know, better than, than my son says, he look like an orc now, Dad. So, uh, you know, there we are. Nice, nice, to, nice to see you all, and here's yep. a glass of Rilocca to you. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian and Amy, for the intriguing and lively discussion on the latest episode of Party and Interest. And thanks to our audience for listening. Be on the lookout for future Party and Interest podcasts featuring fascinating members of our profession. This podcast series and an archive of nearly 300 other ABI podcasts can be found in the newsroom at abi.org. Until next time, have a wonderful day.